Hey, welcome to Freeway Church Online. We're glad that you are with us today. Check out this message. It is from our Sunday service. We're starting a new series called Travel Light, hence the suitcases. And I don't know about you, but if you have any suitcases in your storage, what do they do all the time anyway, right? They're just down there in the basement or in, you know, wherever you keep your suitcases. You need them. These are our suitcases. Some of ours, we got when we got married like 13 years ago, they used to be carry-on size. They're not anymore. They're like too big. And now they're all crazy about carry-ons on the airplanes. But I don't know about you, uh, but I tend to just keep a lot of stuff, right? Like one of the things I keep are all these boxes that I get from like technology companies like Google. I like keep this stuff. Do you keep these things? Like, do you ever have like a phone and you're like, I need to keep the phone box. Does anyone have one of these phone boxes stored somewhere? If that's you. Oh, yeah. because it costs so much to buy these things. You're like, I'm going to keep these phones. Look at all these things I've got. These, I've got this random box for this computer up here that I got like a year ago. I've never touched this in a whole year, but I keep it in my office. I'm like, I'm going to need that someday. Like, I'm, I don't know if I will. I don't, I don't really, I think this is the first time I've held it. Um, but yeah, I don't know about you, but we tend to accumulate a lot of stuff as we go and live our life. And so today we're talking a little bit about accumulating things and minimalism and things I'm really not that good at. And so pray for me, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm the one who hoards the things in the house. And Alyssa's the one that's like, do we need this? And I'm like, yeah, we might need that one day. You don't know. Um, so I'm preaching to myself as well. My name is Roy. Again, I'm the pastor here at Freeway. If you're listening online, Welcome. If you're here uh, today, welcome as well. We have a great service plan. And I just want to say thank you to everybody who sacrifices to give at the church. You know, if you're a giver, thank you so much. I'm so, uh, we're so blessed to be able to serve here. One of the reasons that we can pastor here is because people give. And one of the reasons we can do things like buy some Christmas lights, right, uh, is because people give as well. Good job, Alyssa. Can we give a round of applause for everyone who helped last week? Thank you guys for helping set up for Christmas. It's beautiful around here. Look at our, look at our, look at our Christmas trees made of suitcases. Uh, it's, it's great. Christmas, that's what they are. I guess you, yeah, they're, they're Christmas trees. It's good. But how many of us believe sometimes that more is always better? More, more, more. More is always better. You know, we want more stuff, more things, more life, more excitement. Man, that's me too, you know? You got one car? Well, guess what would be better? Two cars, you know what I'm saying? You got one vacation, you're like, I could use another vacation. Give me more vacations. I want, I want five vacations. You know how you got one home, you're like, man, I, you know what would be better? I have another home. Yeah. I could do three homes, two rentals, my house, and a cottage, you know? We could do lots of things. We think about all this more in our life. And I think some of it has to do with the human condition. If I, uh, before I get into my sermon, I even want to say, like, hey, in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve are in there, God says, you can have everything in this garden. You can eat anything around here except this one tree. And even though they have abundance in their life, that one tree called the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Satan tempts them and says, hey, wouldn't it be better to have more? Wouldn't it be better to, to know what God knows? If you eat this fruit, you'll have more knowledge. You should eat it. It's that original sin that we want more. Isn't that interesting? I mean, we can diagnose our original sin a lot of ways, like pride or rebellion, but having more 
man, I don't think we look at it that way sometimes. But it's true, isn't it? We really always want more. And we actually believe this fundamental lie in our life that says we aren't good enough the way we are. We need more. In order to fix anything, we need more. This is our Halloween candy, or some of it. It's like Christmas time. And I told the kids I'm taking their Halloween candy. And they, the only one who heard me, because they were all doing something, was Eden. And she goes, okay, you know, my youngest, she's like, she had the least amount of candy anyway. Um, so she's fine that I mixed it all up. My son, on the other hand, doesn't know this is here or he'll, you know, he'd come in and get me. Anyway, uh, this is all of our Halloween candy. We got tons of it this year. We never eat it all. In fact, our plan for Halloween is always save the candy, eat some in the beginning, and we kind of, they kind of fizzle out because they're on top of the fridge. No one remembers that it's there. And by, and by um, the time where we build gingerbread houses, this, this is the toppings, okay? So they get one last chance to use it for gingerbread houses, and then we throw the rest away. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry if that's offensive to you. Growing up, it would have been offensive to me. I ate all my candy like the first night, and whatever it took, I would like puke or whatever. It didn't matter. I'd eat it all. But our parenting, we do, we do, we do limits in their life. But man, uh, this is like kind of like our life, right? Ecclesiastes 4, 6 has this interesting verse that says, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. And the idea of this section is talking about work in our life or seeking after money or seeking after possessions. Better one handful with peace and tranquility than two handfuls with toil. I mean, I can imagine, like, what can I really do with two handfuls in my life? If I've got two hands on all my stuff, how do I accomplish anything in the world? But if I have only one handful, I have another hand to do the life around me. And this is the idea of our sermon today as we talk about traveling light in this world. I want to read this verse. Luke 12, 15 says, Then he, saying Jesus, said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. All kinds of greed. There's not just one kind of greed. There's all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Man, this is a hard one for us, isn't it? Specifically because like Black Friday just happened and you're like, I, don't, I have a credit card bill, right? And you're thinking to yourself, I've got all this stuff in my life now. But man, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. If there's any verse made for the USA, maybe that's it right there. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. That's hard. We have to remind ourselves, I am not what I have. I am not what I own. I am not what I drive. I am not what I wear. And this time of year, it's hard because all the Christmas commercials are like, you know what you need? New pants. That's what you need. You need some new pants. You need some new, you need a, uh, uh, what is that? What is that one com commercial? The December to remember Lexus event. Is that what it is? You need a new Lexus. No one has a Lexus. I don't know. Maybe you guys do. It's okay if you do. Because I want to I remind you something. Because even though the, the culture tells us, hey, you, want, you need more to be happy. You need more to be popular. Cool, hit, fit in. Feel good about yourself. Measure up. No matter what the world is telling you, man, we have to watch about our stuff. We have to watch our stuff. Because it's not about how much stuff you have. And hear me today. Because I'm not saying that we all ought to sell our possessions and live with one pair of clothing though people do that. There's like minimalism. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's, your stuff is, is, is killing you, but I'm saying what if the stuff you have is robbing you from the life that you can live? What if the stuff that you have has you 
right? You don't have stuff anymore. Your stuff has you. And it's gotten to the kind of position where it's ruining your life or at least sucking your life away from you a little bit. I have to put this away because I will eat like all of this candy. We'll put it here. I, I do. I like candy. Um, I thought about it. Okay, so let's, if, if our stuff has us in our life, let's look at three ways to kind of handle that for each one of us. So the first way is to, hand, to handle the stuff that's robbing us of our life is this. Man, maybe we should toss it. Maybe we should toss it. Uh, there's this story in Matthew 19. It's uh, the story of the rich young ruler. And if you've ever read it, it's one of my favorites because it's this moment where this man has everything he needs and he's followed all the commandments of his life. And he goes to Jesus and he asks him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, sell everything to the poor and come and follow me, right? Jesus gives this man an option to follow him. Like one of the 12, you could be one of the 12, but he went away sad because he had many possessions. It says that in Matthew 19, 22, but when the young man heard this, he went away sad for he had many possessions. How many times in our life does Jesus ask us to do something? And when he does, we now realize we have an idol in our life. It's almost like we don't know that we have an idol in our life until Jesus asks us to do it. I wonder if this young man, if he was in the same position, this rich young ruler, he went away sad for he had many possessions. Jesus points out something in his life. You don't just have a lot of stuff. Your stuff has you. Because he went away sad. There was a piece of him that really mattered. Man, we can have... The wrong things or those wrong things can have us. And if something in your life distracts you from what matters, throw it out. Throw it out. You know, we have to ask ourselves how many uh, phone boxes till we really till it really matters to us, right? Like, how does this really matter? And I get it. Like, I keep them because if I sell the phone, I would want to use it one day. But Alyssa would throw them all away uh, and Im immediately. How do we throw away things when we have just a lot of stuff. Our problem is that we hold on to it. And we hold on to it for two reasons. The first reason is fear. We might need this. Our children might want this. Uh, we don't want this to go to waste, right? I think, I think it's, it's always the saddest thing when you're holding on to some food that you don't want to go to waste, but it's like been in the freezer for five years. And it's like, you know, it's gotten to the point where you're like, it is a waste, and <laughs> I've, I've failed at my job, right? And you think to yourself, I am now, this is a signifier of my failure, okay? But um, fear, we might need this one day, right? We have all this stuff because we might need it one day. And the other problem we have, the other reason is sentiment. This was a gift. This was my first trophy. This was my first, you know, whatever. Um, Alyssa's really good at this. I'm like, want to be sentimental about things. I'll be like, let's save the receipt to the train ride. And she's like, why, what are we going to ever do with that? So um, sentiment, we keep things for sentiment. But sometimes we have to realize that those things, we're just keeping them to keep them. And there's really not any value to them in their life. In fact, it's distracting us from what matters. You know your stuff's distracting you when you're in your house and you can't move anymore because there's too many things, right? That is now distracting you from your life. The truth is this. We let go of our stuff and trust God, our provider. We trust him. We trust him that even though the venison, that, the deer that we killed four years ago is still in the freezer, that God will provide with another deer, right? Or whatever it is, we trust God that there's a way forward 
with, with having things. You know it's the worst because if you've ever been packing, and I, this happens to us, we've moved several times. We'll have all these suitcases. We'll have all these things. And the, hor- the worst thing happens to you if you're packing, you're packing and you realize that the last time you touched these things was the last time you packed. All, you're basically at this point, like just bringing things from house to house and doing nothing with them. We are bad at this, guys. And I, I'm, I'm bad with you. Like we need to learn how to throw away the things that don't matter in our life because they're causing us harm. And it's better what? It's better to have only one handful on our, on our possessions than two handfuls. Because if we have two handfuls and all these things, how can we actually live our life? We'll have toil. We're trying to make more money. We're trying to do more things to try to live our life instead of having one handful and living in peace and tranquility. So the first step is to toss it. The second step is to buy less. Psalm 119, 36 through 37 says this, give me an eagerness for your laws rather than a love for money. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. I love this section. Psalm is a wonderful work, book of the Bible that really like can, you can meditate on and they can capture your emotions and they can kind of capture where your heart's at sometimes. Have you ever been in a place where you feel like you would just, you really care more about money or, than, than God's laws or you really care more about these things than life through the word? And it says right here, right? Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Right there in verse 36, give me an eagerness for your laws. That word eagerness for your laws is the word heart. Give me a heart for you, God. Give me a heart for you. Your heart is your feeling center of your Bible, your, your, of your life, of the feeling center of your, of your person. And having that heart for God, man, we can find so much more joy and so much more life when we focus on him versus our stuff. Listen, we have to buy less because we look to stuff to cheer us up. Did you know that 62% of people shop to cheer, you, to cheer yourself up? Uh, can you imagine? I don't know if this ever happened to you. You're feeling down. You're feeling sad. You're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go shopping. You know? I'm going to check Amazon. I'm going to fill this, fill this up. The truth is, guys, that we need to buy less because if our eyes are on the things that we could have, we're wasting our life. We're missing the life that actually comes through God. This happened to me over Black Friday. I was looking at a, a, a trainer for my bicycle. So what it is, is I, I ride my bike all summer long, and in the winter, it's cold and frigid, and I don't want to ride my bike. So I thought to myself, in order to train properly, like I'm a real cyclist, I'll get a trainer, which is this thing. And I don't want just any trainer. I want like a really fancy trainer that I don't need, okay? So I'm searching the internet for this thing. So the bike, you take the back wheel off, and you attach it to this trainer, and the trainer, as you ride on virtual land, you're like looking at a screen. If you go up a hill, the thing makes your bike more, harder to pedal, okay? So it's a complicated Bluetooth-enabled device. It costs $1,200, okay? So I want this thing. I don't have $1,200 to pay for it. But Black Friday, it's on sale for $800. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, how can I get this thing, right? So I'm like racking my budget. I'm thinking about this. And you know what I figured out? I'll buy it used. And so if I want to say like 12 hours of my life, 
I spent finding, trying to find a used bike trainer that I never needed in the first place. And I was just captured by it. I even messaged one guy and I, he had it for 800. And I was like, did you know the Black Friday sale has 800? Can you lower this price for me? And he goes, I'll go as low as 750. And I was like, oh, come on. Anyway, I almost got it though. I got a guy to get down to 450, but then he was like, my friend told me, told me I can't sell it. And I was like, whatever, man. Um, so I have no trainer. But it's okay. We have, we have everything we need. But man, sometimes we just focus so much on what we can buy. We focus so much on what we can buy. Like those are the things that we are gonna save us. Those are the things that are gonna help us. They're gonna fulfill us. We're gonna find life. And so instead of just throwing things away, we look to buy more things. Man, we need to learn how to buy less. One of the best ways to do this is to choose experiences over things. Choose experiences over things. If you're thinking to yourself, I have so many stuffed animals. My kids are just, they have so many stuffed animals. What can I buy them for Christmas? Try to buy an experience over a thing, and we can start to find our hope, not in the things that we can buy, but maybe the things that we can live, right? So one, we throw things away. Two, we buy less things. And three, we give more. Uh, this is amazing s- s- section of scripture, 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. It says this, teach those who are rich in this world. Stop, okay. You are rich in this world. If you have a phone, you are richer than 95% of the world, right? They have phones, but they don't have those phones, right? They don't have, if you drove here today, you are richer than most of the world. When the Bible says rich, okay, that's you, always. As an American, you are those rich people. You say, no, I have zero dollars in my bank account. I was like, what if you sell all your shoes? How much money would you have in your bank account, right? Like, because so, some people, because some people live on like $2 a day, like $1 a day, okay? So, When the Bible says rich, in the context of our world, that is us. Always us. Always us. So I know you might not feel rich, but it is you. You are rich, okay? So teach those who are rich in this world, Americans, not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. I love Christian giving, and that's one of the reasons why we give on Sundays, because I believe it exercises this, this thing in our life. It's like exercise. Like there's something in our life, that, in the world. It's called greed. It's called all these things, and we exercise generosity, and we break greed's back. I mean, I love it. I think it breaks people uh, of so many things that we get stuck in. But giving is a, is a big part of Christianity, there's this stat that Barna came up with, and they're releasing it. They says this, Christian philanthropy accounted for 70% of all American philanthropy in 2022. 70% of all American philanthropy came from Christians. Christians. That's $300 billion. Christians also outgave the U.S. government in addressing global poverty. So you might ask yourself, does the church have any effect on this world? Well, clearly it does. Clearly it does. Even just by the facts, our giving alone matters in this world. But our problem is this. We want to buy it all, hoard it all, 
use all the money for ourselves, figure out a way to kind of like live this life and find this life all around us. But in the midst of it, we keep like enslaving ourselves to a pattern of greed and a pattern that, that actually sucks life from us. Like we end up with just massive piles of candy and thinking that it's gonna save us one day, right? You see, I don't ever remember all of the, um, all of the getting stories in my life. And Alyssa, you can kind of come up as we end here because the truth is this, generosity, it sets us free. I don't remember the getting stories. I mean, there's this one story, this one Christmas, I got a TV and it was the best and I keep telling Alyssa, but the only reason I remember the story is because I keep telling it to Alyssa. (laughs) But we remember some getting stories, right? I remember when I got that as a kid or I remember when someone gave me this gift, these things that matter to us. But how many like keeping stories do you have? Oh, um, this year, I'm just so glad I kept that box. This year, I'm so glad I kept that dog cage. Do we still have that dog cage from like, yeah, we have a dog cage. We don't have a dog. We have a dog cage. Uh, we might have a dog one day. We have a whole box. Um, I, I, you know, like, I'm just so thankful. I, we don't say that. We don't have keeping stories. Uh, we, you know what the stories that we have? We have giving stories, don't we? We have giving stories. I remember the first time I trusted God with my finances. I was a kid and I was forced to go to service. I hated it. And, but the preacher was talking about giving. And I remember taking this $20 out of my wallet that someone had given me certainly for like a, a birthday gift or something. And I remember feeling this sense of excitement and risk, like almost like adrenaline, trusting God with this gift. And I remember the moment thinking it was so foolish to give this money as a little kid to God. But I remember the moment is the first time I trusted God with my money. That's amazing. Do you remember the times in your life where you gave? I remember this one time where we had this person uh, that we were ministering to and we were moving away. And instead of taking both cars, we left one for her. We said, hey, you can have this car. It's not the best car, but hey, you don't have one. You can have this. I always wanted to give a car away. And I guess what? We got to give it away. That's the story I remember. I remember the moment in the Jeep with me and my wife and my three kids in the backseat all reaching our hands to the middle to pray for a check for the Kingdom Builders offering. It's this moment where our kids looked at me with excitement that we were doing something more than we could do by ourselves. Those are the moments I remember. They aren't the getting stories. They aren't the keeping stories. They're the giving stories. The moments that is more blessed to give than to receive. Man, can I remind you today that this world is not our home. This world is not our home. The Bible says this world is not your home. So if this world is not your home, why are you packing so heavy? Why you, why you got so much stuff? Have you ever been to the airport and you have too many bags? Alyssa and I, we had to travel once and we had like two suitcases, two car seats, and like we couldn't hold, and two kids, right? We couldn't hold everything. We had to get a cart and like it was the worst. Like every part of it, we were too overcumbered with stuff. Man, we're traveling. We're travelers. We're going through this world and none of the stuff that we can keep and have, it lasts our lifetime. For the next life is our true home. So if you view your whole life and the fact that you just keep packing suitcases worth of stuff, man, we travel pretty heavy, don't we? 
We have our eyes on today. We have our eyes on worry. We have our eyes on what if God doesn't show up. We have our eyes on, well, look at what happened in the past. But man, what happens if we learn to not grab our stuff with two hands, right? We just try to do all of the things in our life with two hands. Oh, yeah, no, I'll come help. I got time. Yeah, I totally got time. No, no, yeah. Oh, giving the kingdom bills. Yeah, I, I, I'll figure something out. I can do it, right? But, but turns out, right, if we release our stuff with one hand, we can start to live in peace to do so much in our world. We can praise God. We can have time. We can lend a helping hand. We can do all of these things with the other hand because we're, we're not thinking about our stuff all the time, right? We're free. We have freedom in our life. We learn to pack light. It's like those business people at the airport who quickly get through the security line and you look at them as you're sweating, putting your kids' stuff away. You think to yourself, oh man, one day I can pack light, right? And so if you would stand with me today, we'll end here. I'm not asking you to be like the rich young ruler and to give up all your things to follow Jesus. That man, God showed an idol to him, right? He said, hey, you don't have, just have a lot of stuff. Your stuff has you. Maybe that's you today. Your stuff have gotten to the point where all you do is take care of your stuff, get more stuff, and worry about the stuff you have. Your stuff has you. Maybe that's you today. You need to learn to sell it and to buy less and, all, and give more and all of these things. But maybe the underlying principle is where you're at today. Truth of the matter in the gospel is, in the Bible, it's clear. You and I were created with a God-shaped hole in our heart, and we will stuff it with whatever we can find to make ourselves feel fulfilled, always wanting more. Stuff it with love, stuff it with relationships, with attention, with likes, with, with actual things. We'll just stuff it and hope and it makes me feel better. And the Lululemon pants only last so long, right? The feeling goes away. But man, we learn to trust God with those moments, that God would fill up our heart, that God would fit that void that only he can fill. We fundamentally believe that God created us for relationship with him. And because of sin in this world, we have sought other things instead of him. Man, we try so hard to fill that void, don't we? And I just wanna remind you today that it isn't God that we trust. We don't do a life for our retirement. It's not our bank account or the stock market that we trust, or the amount of friends, the amount of likes that we have. We trust in God. That's what fills us up. Don't put your trust in these other things. So wherever you're at today, we're gonna end the sermon like this. We'll have a song, Alyssa will play, and you can come up and pray at the front or stay at your seats and pray. But wherever you're at, I just wanna take these next few moments to focus on God, don't look at your phone, and to pray and say, if God is talking to me about something, what would it be? And then talk to him back. So let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for this moment today. May you help us redefine our lives. That we wouldn't be defined by stuff, by what I wear, or what I, what I look like, or, or the stuff I have, but it would be defined by you. And the man looks at the heart, but looks at the out, but you look at the heart, God. And we trust that today. You look at our hearts and help us walk forward and not fill our hearts with all these other things, 
but fill our hearts with the only thing that can come, which is you and peace that surpasses all understanding flow through with you. So God, I ask that you meet us where we're at today. We give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we're glad you joined us today on the podcast. We are praying for you. So please let us know what we can do. Uh, We're on your team, always here. So um, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.